Hey, when you came in the door today, did you get uh, a card like this with a number on it? You need one of these. Take a moment and turn to the person next to you and just read them your verse. This is for you. Amen. Those are promises. And, I, and if you flip those cards over, there is one more verse that every single card has on the back of it. And on the back of the card, is it comes out of our text for today, is 2 Corinthians 1.20. And it says, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ Jesus. And uh, when I was early in my discipleship process in college years, I'd given my heart to the Lord and and I was involved in a discipleship group. That was one of the early verses I learned. But I really didn't learn it in the context of the passage. I just learned it as a great promise. And it is a great promise. But but they come in a context. And the context that this verse comes in is a discussion about the integrity, the apostleship of Paul. And, and he is in this discussion with uh, the church at Corinth. And, and they're having these issues. And so... And we're going to talk a little bit today about integrity. The title of the message is Integrity Matters. And, and, and it is one of those things. Have you ever had your integrity called into question? It happens more often than you think. Uh, I, I need to give a little apology. I was supposed to be at a meeting last night, <clears throat> and I missed it. And, um, and I'd said I would be there, and I didn't make it, and I apologize for that. And, and those kinds of things happen. They happen really a lot, and, and sometimes... We're just messed up and sometimes just stuff happens and that's kind of the way it goes. Have you ever had this one? This is, I can say this pretty confidently in this group. Have you ever had some of these come happen to you? But mom, you promised. You promised we'd go to McDonald's or Disneyland or whatever and now you're not going. But mom, you promised. Or how about son? <laughs> You said you were going to do blank, take out the trash, do the dishes, mow the yard, do your homework, and you didn't. What happened? And maybe in our work situations, you've had someone say, you know, you told me this report would be done, this job, this project, and it's not. Today's the day. What's going on? Stuff happens. I, uh, I had one particular painful situation in my own life. I'll just tell you what this is. I, I was, uh, I was in a, in a church and, and I had a, a member of my congregation that, that confronted me in public one day in front of some other leaders very vehemently and strongly and, and got very upset with me and, and I had, I had done this. I, you know, I had promised him that I would keep this particular person's Budget. I was watching over office personnel, and I had promised this person that I would keep this one person's budget. They would work no more hours than this, and stuff happened, and other employees were off, and you know, projects came, and this person worked more than their budgeted hours over a period of a few months, and and this person was really upset with me, uh, upset with me to the point of. You know, calling my whole calling as a pastor, you know, thought I should resign my position and, and all this. I'm like, really? Over $300? You know, kind of give me a break. But, but, you know, this, it was true. I had said that I would keep it at that level and just, but stuff happened and I was not able to do that. And, 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 but it was one of those kinds of moments when you're just like, you're pierced your soul because, 
you know, it's oftentimes it hurts so much because it happens in those environments when you have worked closely with someone. These are people that you have been on projects together and stuff happens. And in a moment, something happens. And and it's pretty stunning and shocking when those things happen. And there's no question about explanations or you just didn't do it. And, and your whole character at some point for that person has just been kind of trashed. Well, well, today in our text, the Apostle Paul was dealing and experiencing with one of those kinds of situations when his integrity was being called into question. See, he had told the people at Corinth that he was going to visit with them. He was on this trip and he said, I'm going to come and see you on my way and then I'm going to come back and see you on my way back and we're going to have this good time together. And then for some reasons that we'll get into next week, he was not able to do that. And something happened. A few people in that congregation began to stir the other people up and said, you know, is that the kind of guy that you want to follow? Is this really a true apostle? Would a true apostle, you know, say he was going to do something and then not do it, not show up? And they were calling into question his character and even his very apostleship. And so if you have your Bibles, let me just read the, the kind of context that we're talking about. And then I want to talk to you about how Paul is dealing with this issue of integrity uh, in his life and in his relationship with them, and then kind of how we do that in our own lives as well. I'm in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning at verse 12, and this is what it says. Now this is our boast. Our conscious te- conscience testifies that we have conducted ourselves in the world, and especially in our relations with you, in the holiness and sincerity that are from God. We have not done so according to worldly wisdom, but according to God's grace. For we do not write you anything you cannot read or understand, and I hope that, as you have understood us in part, you will come to understand fully that you can boast of us just as we will boast of you in the day of the Lord Jesus because I was confident of this, I planned to visit you first so that you might, be, might benefit twice. I planned to visit you on my way to Macedonia and to come back to you from Macedonia and then to have you send me on my way to Judea. When I planned this, I did, did I do it lightly or do I make my plans in a worldly manner so that in the same breath I say yes, yes and no, no? But as surely as God is faithful, our message is not to you is not yes and no. For the Son of God, Christ Jesus, who was preached among you by me and Silas and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him it has always been yes. No matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. And now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Now, 
this is kind of one of those kind of funny passages of scripture because what makes this so painful is, is the fact that, that these were people that Paul had led to the Lord. Paul had discipled these people. He had worked with them. He had suffered with them. He had gone through so much with them. And now in this moment, suddenly they're questioning his character. They were saying like things like if this Paul is really who he said he was, he wouldn't have lied to us. That's not what an apostle would do. And the question was, can he be trusted? That's that passage that talks about yes, yes, and no, no. And they're saying, well, you're saying one thing, but doing something else, Paul. You're, You're promising this, but then you don't follow through with it. That's what Paul is experiencing. What's surprising is his response back to them. Most of them, myself included, and probably most of us, would immediately try and defend ourselves. We'd be giving explanations, like I kind of gave you this about this gal who was working, and I was like, really? I mean, you've got to cover the office bases, and if you've got people out, who's going to cover the base? And, you know, you've got this extra project that wasn't explained, what well, wasn't expected, and, and there just stuff happened. And, you know, I was giving this explanation of why this was happening. Paul didn't really go there too much. Next week, he's going to give a little explanation about why, but, but he didn't really go there. He didn't spend much time doing that kind of thing. Paul takes a completely surprising track in dealing with these kinds of questions. And he does so by presenting kind of a sequential ideas, some thoughts that just kind of lead from this. If this is true, then this is true, and then this is true, that means this must be true. One of those kind of logical statements that he's laying out as kind of an explanation But it doesn't have to do with him. It has to do with them and with God. And and that's kind of the way he works. And so I want to talk to you today about that about that sequence of ideas. And then and then kind of I'm just going to lay them out for you really quick and then we'll talk about what they mean and how he's using them. And and so they're they're on your bulletin. If you're keeping track of this, four of them really quick. I'm just going to give them to you. The first one is this. He says that God is faithful. He goes through this whole process. He's talking about God's faithfulness in his life, his work in their, his life. And then he talks about the faithfulness of God in, in their lives. So he's talking about this idea of faithfulness, that God is faithful, that everything they are is based on God's faithfulness. The second thing he talks about is this. He says that all God's promises are yes in Christ Jesus. I'm going to explain why those things are kind of all related. That's the second one. The third thing he says, he says that we have all said amen. We've all said amen to God's yes. And I'm going to talk to you a little bit about what amen is. And he said, and the fourth thing is this, that we are both recipients of God's yes in our lives. And and these would be important concepts. But, But here's the basic explanation and logic of this. Paul's integrity... Paul's authority, Paul's character, they're all based not on himself, but based on God's faithfulness. And this is true for you, this is true for me. Who we are and what we are are all based primarily on God's faithful work in our lives. God's grace. He he talks about that several times. It's just God's grace that's at work in us. It's all about God and it's all about his faithfulness. And in relation to God's faithfulness... There is this commitment to say, you understand, my, you may look at me and say, my yes is kind of maybe yes or no, it may seem like that to you, but you cannot doubt God's yes, right? That's kind of where this gets to. You cannot doubt God's yes because he is faithful, right? 
That's the logic he's going through. So it's all about God. You may see me this way, but you can never see God that way. God is always yes. It's always yes. All God's promises are yes in Christ. And so he's kind of leaving them on this track. He said, all God's promises are yes. He said, you can't get it. In Christ, the fulfillment of every promise, every promise by faith in Christ, those promises are, are yes for us. That's why we can read all these. And, and hundreds more that you could read are yes in Christ Jesus. To, to Christ and the yes of God's promises, they have both said a hearty amen. Now, this is important. <laughs> they have both said a hearty amen. Now, this is kind of in the logic of this. You see, because this amen business meant more in Paul's day than it typically does in our day today. We use it like amen. That's a nice idea, right? I mean, we say that. Amen. Yeah, that's, that was a nice idea. Or we say amen. We just heard the song and they finished the song and we, and we feel kind of like oh, warm, fuzzy inside. And, and we say amen. We feel good about that. You know, like, oh, that felt good. And, and we say amen to those things. And, and some of us who, you know, maybe you've read a little more and you kind of, you kind of get the idea that when you say amen, we typically say, if you're, you know, thinking a little beyond just warm, fuzzy things, you're thinking, I agree. A, to say amen to somebody is to say, I agree with that idea. That's kind of the amen. Yes, that's right, Pastor. Amen. I agree with that. But in Paul's day, it meant just a little more than all of that. It was more than just a warm fuzzy. It was more than just a, yeah, I kind of agree with that. That seems like a good idea. It was really this idea of, of something that said, I have verbally signed a contract with you. I verbally signed a contract with you. It's to say, it's not just to agree what was feeling or, or what was said or to feel good about it. It's to say, I have committed myself, I have committed myself to what has been said. I have committed myself to this idea. I have gone whole hog in. I'm not backing away. Now, this is real important, but let me just drift a, a bit further. <laughs> When you pray, I'm really drifting now, so but I'm going to drift. When you pray a prayer, be it over your meal or in your devotions or whatever you do, uh, I don't know how you pray those things. Some people just say amen. Some people say, in Jesus' name, I pray, amen. That's a real significant thing that we kind of blow by like, like we don't even think about it. But it, we, we ought to be more thoughtful about that. Because when you say, I'm praying in, Je- in Jesus' name, I pray. You're really saying, it's not about me, it's about God. Not about my power and authority, it's about God's power and authority. You are acknowledging the Lordship of Christ. That's why I, I kind of, I, I, I'll just, okay. I, I kind of cringe sometimes when our, I, we have younger generations that don't say in Jesus' name. I don't know why they got out of that, but they just say amen, or they just stop. They don't even say amen, they just, they just stop. They're just saying, God, you know, here I am. Have a good day. <laughs> and they're kind of done. I, and I get nervous about that because I think there is something significant when we say in Jesus' name. It, it really does acknowledge there's somebody else bigger than us 
And we are connected to that, that name, that person. And then when we say, Amen, we are saying, I'm committed. I'm all in to what I just prayed. Now think about the praise that you've already prayed this morning. Think about the prayers you've prayed in the last day or two. And just think about what you've said. And think about the fact that you've just said, perhaps, (laughs) I hope, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now, I pray things like this pretty regularly. I, I mean, I get up in the morning, and I'm sitting at my table, and I'm having my bowl of cereal, and, I'm, and I say, and I just bow my head, and I say, even over my cereal, and I say, Lord, I thank you for today. I thank you for life. I thank you for the measure of health. I, I use that. I don't say health anymore. <laughs> that doesn't really work very good. I say, I thank you for the measure of health that you have given me and my family. Thank you for your presence. And then I start praying things like, I know I'm over a meal, but I I drift. My kids are always like, really? You have to pray all that? I start to drift. And I start praying things like, God, um, take this day and have your way done in it. Take my life, my words, my actions, And be honored in what I say and do this day. Show up in the lives of my children. Draw them ever closer to you. Whatever it takes. God, use us and have your way done in us. I'm guessing a lot of you pray those kinds of prayers. But in the context of what Paul is teaching us, in the context of that day, to pray those things and and to finish with, in Jesus' name, I pray, amen, or or just finish, amen, you're all into that. I'm I'm all in to God show up in my life. I'm all in. God, I have given my children to you. Do whatever you need to do. Draw us all closer to you. I'm all in. You understand that? It, it, it is. It's one of those uh, one of those things that we we kind of miss in the midst of that. But but Paul is reminding them of that kind of amen in their lives. He's saying to them, "You you understand this? There there is this there is this faithful God who has." promised all of these things. And and the big promise of God in this context is this promise of his care and love, his salvation, his forgiveness, his newness in their lives. And, and, And he said, those promises you've acknowledged are yes. And not only have you acknowledged that that all those promises are yes in Christ, you have said amen to all of that. And I have said, Paul's, Apostle Paul is saying, I have said amen over you. You, you understand where he's headed with this? <laughs> he said, I've said amen over you and those promises. That is to say, 
God is faithful. He's extended his grace and mercy to you. You've acknowledged the promises of God. You've said yes to God's yes in those promises. And I have said amen over your yes. Now, there's a logic coming here. Because when he said all of that, what he's saying to them next, he's saying that we are both recipients of God's grace and mercy, God's yes in our lives. You see, Paul has, without defending himself, Paul has reminded them that if they question Paul's authority and apostleship, if they question all of that things, they bring into question their very own experience and work with God in their own lives. And Paul is telling them, he says, that, that the integrity of his life and his message, this, this question of, are you really who you say you are? Is your message true? Can we hold you? The integrity of all of that message is not about himself. But it is about in recognizing and knowing the work of God in their own lives. That if the work of God, if the promises of God are true and real and working in their lives, they are so because of God, not because of Paul. But it is Paul who delivered those messages. It is Paul who delivered those promises. It is Paul who pointed them to this God who offers grace and mercy. And if they're questioning Paul, then they're questioning the very message in which they have found their own hope and forgiveness and newness. And he's kind of walked this circle around such that they're like, okay. <laughs> it's this logic that says, okay, so now if we reject you, then we're essentially rejecting the message you sent which is essentially rejecting the work of God in our lives. And we cannot do that because we know God is faithful. We know his promises are true. We know his grace and mercy. And so he leads them in this process. It says, guys, it's about God. It's about his faithfulness. I don't know about you. I was reading through that and I was reading about this and I'm like, Man, I'm really impressed with Paul. I wouldn't have done that. I'd, be, I'd have been laying out my case. Well, you know, I couldn't make it. You know, the boat was late and the season was wrong and all this kind of stuff happened. We had to go here and there and all this. I'd have given this long explanation. And Paul doesn't. He just says, guys, we're in this together. <laughs> we're in this together. It all rises and falls together. And my yes is yes. Because it's God's yes, and his yes is true. Kind of interesting. But do you suppose any of that makes any difference? Does it make any difference to how we function? I mean, I was really impressed with Paul, but, but when you get right down to it, what difference does that make for us in how we live? How do we live integrity? How do we live in relationship? Well, let me just remind you again of a couple real important truths. 
I don't have this in your outline because they're somewhat similar to what I already gave you, but we need to always understand that God is always faithful to himself. He's always faithful to himself. He's always faithful to you. And he's always faithful to his work that he's doing. You, you just, you can't get away from that. That, that. that begins the foundation of who and what we are. And I'll remind you, God's promises are always yes in Christ Jesus. But I would also remind you that his biggest yes for you is about a relationship with you. That, that's the big yes. All of these promises are always pointing us back to this relationship with God. It's always pointing us back to how we interact with him and with his people. But his big yes is a yes to you in relationship. But, but here's, the, here's kind of the, the kicker of the whole bunch. God's yes to you, God's yes to you is only as valid as his yes to every other person. You understand that? That's what makes this a little more challenging. See, your integrity rises and falls on who you are in God, but so does everyone else's. It's all connected. Because we can all, you know, I share my little story about, I I felt like I was kind of falsely accused. My integrity was falsely maligned in a, in a pretty strong kind of way. And, and we can remember those moments when, when, when we have been falsely accused of things. Or, or maybe we can remember someone, yeah, we did that. And, and there are always some of those. But can we remember those times when we perhaps have falsely accused, or justly, either way works, <laughs> somebody else and question their integrity and their heart. Those ones usually don't come to mind quite as quickly. Paul reminds us that that we all live in this arena of God's faithfulness and grace. And life in the kingdom is based on the receiving and the giving of grace to one another. You see, when I reject another person, and and specifically when I reject another person of faith, because that's kind of the context of what we got here. When, When I reject another person of faith because I question some decision or activity or the fulfillment of what was promised, I bring into question my very own experience with God. This is kind of a, a, a big deal. Because, you know, people disappoint us. Well, I, people, I'm sorry. This is, I'm your pastor. I'm just telling you. People disappoint me all the time. Sorry to say that. Does that happen for you all? You, no, you probably are super saints. You're never, ever disappointed in anybody. Your kids are perfect. Your in-laws are like, man, wonderful things. I mean, I'm sorry I can say that. Right? 
It happens all the time. At some various levels, we're either disappointed or frustrated or questioning, why would they do that? Can I just say to you that 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 may need to happen. There may need to be a conversation. I'm not saying don't have the conversation. But I am saying that, that we have to be careful with those things because when we, when we throw into question the very character and work of God in somebody else's life, if you were who you said you were, you'd have done this or you wouldn't have done this. Or we, I know none of you would ever say that to another friend or family or any of that kind of stuff, but we really are calling into question God's very own work in not just their lives, but in our lives. Because if God's grace and faithfulness and mercy is not sufficient for them, trust me, it's not going to be sufficient for you either. Because guess what? None of us walk on water. And if it's sufficient for you, if it's sufficient for you, it's sufficient for them. That's kind of what Paul is saying here. The promises are all yes. Not because of who we are, but because of who God is. And what God is doing in them, he's doing in you and he's doing in me. And we live in this relationship with one another that takes us through questions of character and integrity. And certainly we want to be the very best we can be, but folks, it's all about God's grace and mercy in the process. Isn't it not? And sometimes we lose it with people. And when we're losing it with people, especially people in the faith, we're really saying more about us than we are about them. We have no greater gift we can give one another than the saying of amen over God's promise of yes in their lives. All the promises of God are yes in Christ Jesus. Yes? That was the last line of my message. And you got it. All the promises of God are yes in Christ Jesus. And the answer is, amen. Father, into your hands do we give all that we are. We live in your grace and mercy. Lord, each of us have experienced the pain and heartache of disappointment, either in someone else or someone else's disappointment in us. Times when we have not been able to fulfill what we said we would or we, what we hoped we would. Times when we flat out blown it. But your grace is sufficient. That's another promise. Your mercy endures forever. There is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. We live in that truth. We say yes to all your promises. And to ourselves, 
And to those around us, we say amen to your yes in our lives. So, Father, take us. Use us. Have your way done in us. For we are yours and you are ours. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.